Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jason Baymig, the co-founder and CEO of Ironclad, a digital contracting platform used by companies around the world. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm doing well today. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Ironclad. I started my career in finance. I worked at Lehman Brothers in New York for a few years, decided that finance wasn't the career for me, and I wound up in law school. In law school, I actually decided that I wanted the rest of my career to be focused at the intersection of law and technology and didn't quite know what that meant yet, but knew that the place those things intersected the most was in the Bay Area. So decided to move to the Bay Area, got a job, fortunately, at a fantastic law firm called Fenwick & West, who is our counsel these days. Thought I would be a startup attorney for the rest of my career. That was the intersection of law and technology place for me. What I realized is I became more interested in maybe flipping that around, technology and law, as opposed to law first and technology second because there were so many unsolved technical problems with the practice of law. The one that stuck out the most was actually the business contract, something that every one of our clients was creating and something that I as an attorney would often have to clean up and take from a unstructured format into a structured one. So really it was there that I experienced the problem of the business contract and got interested in that space, which would lead me to the formation of Ironclad after practicing for a few years. How would you describe the transition from large firm lawyer to legal tech entrepreneur? It's really a huge shift. At the law firm, responsiveness is how you're successful at your career. There's definitely some critical thought, attention to detail, and other great skills to pick up. But the associate that is more responsive, even if the quality work is slightly lower, is probably deemed to be a better associate than the one who is less responsive, even if the quality of work might be just a touch higher. Shifting out of the mindset of responsiveness and into the mindset of impact is a really big mental shift and one that I probably took me at least a few months to get out of and one that I empathize with with colleagues that I see making the transition as well. The good news on that shift is there's a lot more satisfaction with when you do have a big impact and you're measured by output as opposed to input and responsiveness that you can have on the technology side of things once you make that transition. How did your career in finance help shape your vision for what was possible in contract management? I joined Lehman Brothers as an investment banker, and I did an internal transfer there to join the mortgage-backed securities sales and trading desk in 2006. 2006 to 2008 coincided with the most profitable year of the firm's history and an absolute boom in the MBS market. And 2008, 2009, corresponded with the catastrophic bankruptcy of the firm and global financial crisis. So being at the center of that was quite interesting. A couple themes that have impacted my career from there. One is just really like thinking for yourself. I do think it was interesting to be at the intersection of a lot of groupthink and groupthink by really smart folks. Everyone that I worked with at Lehman and across other firms that were also participating in the same system were highly intelligent, highly educated people. And I think I turned off a little bit of my own critical thinking when I was surrounded by such high caliber thought. 
I sort of vowed to myself never to turn off my own critical thinking again and actually do the work and actually do the thinking for myself. The second one was really witnessing firsthand the collaboration between technologists and knowledge workers. Finance really pushed the boundaries of this and continues to with quantitative traders. Sitting on the trading floor in 2006, 2007, 2008, there were experienced bond traders and Lehman had some of the best in the industry around the old Solomon Brothers core. These folks had just traded bonds for 30 years. They weren't really quants. They just knew looking at a bond, the intuition, that glance that you develop after 10,000 hours of working with something, they just knew what was good and what wasn't. And it was a bit more of an art than a science as to what the trades were. Then you also had on the other end of the spectrum, relatively younger group of folks who were trained in computer science and quantitative methods. They were analyzing the bonds as well. And securitized finance is obviously particularly amenable to analysis, given that it's in a mortgage-backed security, there might be tens of thousands of tranches of loans. So the ability to analyze those in a quantitative way using computer code really produced insights that you couldn't get from just glancing at the tape of loans in any given security. And I did feel that the best decisions got made at the collaboration point between the experienced bond trader and the quantitative trader, rather than the pure quantitative method or the pure qualitative method. That's coming to the law slowly but surely. Folks that are working on Ironclad, when they're working with contracts, are able to make quantitative decisions because they are working alongside a computer and algorithms and data. Really, when we look back 100 years from now, I think that's one of the themes we will see in the legal profession is the emergence of quantitative methods for making legal decisions. And that really starts with the business contract. Why has the CLM sector become so popular? It's become popular because it deals with a really important business function. The business contract has been around for thousands of years. It predates really even lawyers. And it remains of critical importance to companies and particularly large companies. If you think about the amount of contracts that just you and I have entered into over the past week in terms of service that we've clicked through, it's an incomprehensible amount of obligations that we have signed up to. I couldn't tell you what I just agreed to in the TikTok terms of service or Instagram or websites that I've used in the past week. Now expand that to companies. The amount of contracts that a large company like a Coca-Cola has created in the past week is just beyond the limitations of a single human mind. So we need technology to help us keep track of that vast amount of information. What CLM has historically been is just databases of contract information. And we're seeing innovation that we've been working on since 2014. We're seeing innovation around helping folks both create and manage those vast amounts of information around the business contract. You really can't operate a business without contracts. And CLM is the software category that most closely maps to the purity of the business contract. What is digital contracting? We've been talking about this from the early days of, of Ironclad, and it's been really neat to see the term be more widely used. It's one we absolutely want to give to the industry. Digital contracting is a little bit broader than CLM. CLM historically, again, has just been databases for keeping track of contracts. It's kind of remarkable if you think about it from that perspective that CLM is only used by a very small percentage of companies. But the task that it purports to do, keep track of contracts, is something that every company needs to do. So digital contracting is a term meant to fill that gap. What is stopping every company in the world from using CLM? 
CLM is really expensive and hard to use. So if you're a database of contract information, you have to figure out how to get things into that database. When we started IronCloud, that wasn't a thing that any CLM did. So the first set of features that we really innovated on were workflows. Now every CLM purports to at least have some sort of contract workflow around it. But that was a very new type of thinking back in the day to include a way to make a contract in a contract management system. There are many, many other tasks like that that aren't traditionally associated with CLM that we have in the Ironclad platform, whether that's tracking your approvals, doing your automated fallback clauses, some artificial intelligence that actually helps you import things in a smart way into that database, connecting the data to other systems. Salespeople, they want to work in Salesforce and they want data to be syncing between Salesforce and their database of contracts. The white space between what CLM has historically been and every part of every business contract, that's what we mean when we say digital contracting. Back in 2012, I wrote a feature story for the ACC docket about this new area of legal. At the time, the role was called chief of staff of the law department, COO. Now it's settled on legal operations. How does the increased interest in CLM align with this incredible growth of legal operations? It's just absolutely critical. It's been fascinating to watch that grow up alongside the company. And honestly, it's one of the things we couldn't have predicted when we started IronCloud. We couldn't have predicted the rise of legal operations to so nicely coincide with our trajectory as a company. I think of legal operations as non-lawyers working in the legal department with the stated goal of making a legal department more efficient. I'm just grateful that companies are thinking about that because it's a collaboration between non-lawyers focused on efficiency and business principles, between lawyers who are the technical subject matter experts. It's a collaboration with machines that are doing the parts of that process that a machine is best to do. Some of our other competitors have this goal of replacing lawyers or hiring a robot to do legal work. That's never been our goal. Maybe it's my own background as an attorney, but we think that each part of the process should be done by the resource that is most effective for doing that part. And attorneys certainly have a role to play. Software certainly has a role to play and legal ops professionals certainly have a role to play as well. How has the pandemic impacted Ironclad's operations? It's impacted us in just a foundational way. So one is we previously had a very in-person by design culture. We're a technology company. We want to grab every edge we can get. And we believed that one of those edges was in-person collaboration in a real-time way. The pandemic forced us to rethink that approach. And we've obviously moved to a 100% remote environment. It's gone great. Our team surveys indicate folks are thriving as much as they can in this difficult world that we live in. It's also impacted how we work with our customers and our community as well. So not only did we have an in-person culture with our teammates and our colleagues, but we had an in-person community as well. We would do community dinners. There wasn't a week that would go by where we wouldn't have an in-person community event or get together. So we had to really move to a digital community strategy. We wanted to do that in a way that was very authentic to who we are very focused on the people behind the jobs. It's a value we pride ourselves on at Ironclad. When you work with us, you're not just a cog in the machine. We really like to get to know you. We like to include you in our community. We like to help you be successful at your job. Trying to figure out a way to do that and take that virtual while remaining authentic to that was important to us. That's been one of the best benefits for us going remote is I'm so proud of the work that our team has done around events like our state of digital contracting. 
what these events are is they're really a celebration of the community and the product that we are jointly building with our community and a way to communicate out and hear back from the folks that are actually moving this profession forward and taking it to new places. Where do you see CLM headed? We're really at an inflection point for CLM. In one sense, CLM has a number of legacy providers in it that are slowly dying or getting sold off to PE firms and have very poor user satisfaction. So we are at the end of one wave of CLM. And I believe that we're at the beginning of a new wave of CLM, which we call digital contracting. And actually a number of other companies have started adopting the term as well. Digital contracting can be one of the most important software categories out there. It deals with the business contract, a foundational atomic unit of business, and that deserves a first-class, really well-architected, really robust, and thoughtfully and delightfully designed platform to do everything around the business contract from creation to management. We're the farthest along towards that end goal of any of the new breed of CLM providers but it's certainly not a finished story yet. There will be decades ahead for the next generation of CLM, just like there was for the previous one before it. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jason Baymig, the co-founder and CEO of Ironclad, a digital contracting platform used by companies around the world. Jason, thanks so very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit reinventingprofessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.